This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. There's a, a childhood game called Simon Says. Kind of familiar with that game, right? Simon says, and then the other participants are to do what Simon says. And, and part of the fun of the game is when the person who is playing Simon says for someone to do something but doesn't say Simon says, right? So let's play, okay? Let's play. Simon says, raise your right hand really high. Simon says, raise your left hand really high. Keep both your hands up, Simon says, all right? I didn't say for you to lower your right hand, so got both hands up. Simon says, raise your right foot just a little bit. Simon says, smile while Pastor Bill takes a video of this, because, you know, this is crazy good, all right? That's good. Okay, lower your hands. Ah, Simon didn't say. All right, Simon says, lower your hands, thank you, and your feet, whatever, we're, we're through with the game, all right? <laughs> Simon says is, is cool enough, right, as, as long as Simon doesn't ask us to do something that's bad, right? Uh, sometimes people in authority will cross the line and ask us to do things that are harmful to us or to others. Now today, as I mentioned earlier, we're continuing our series, Promises, Promises. We're kind of contrasting and, and comparing the promises of God and, and the promises that we make, right? And, and if we're honest, we know what it's like, right, with, with human promises, right? Promises we've made. It's true, isn't it? It's true that, that sometimes we've made a promise with little or no intention of actually keeping that promise. And sometimes we've made promises and we've wanted to keep those promises, but for whatever reason, we weren't able to. And we also know from our own life, from personal experience, that, that other people have made promises to us that for one reason or another, they haven't kept. Okay? And when promises are broken, there's often anger, and mistrust, and sometimes even the loss of a relationship. It's kind of like a, a track team, right? A, a relay team in track. One of them's got the baton, and, and they're supposed to hand it off to the next person at the proper time, right? And, and if that baton gets dropped, if the promise gets broken, it's all but over, and that team loses. That's our promises. But God is faithful. God is faithful to all of his promises. This morning, I've got, a, it's a bonus Sunday. I got two promises of God for you, not just one, right? And, and these promises are for you, okay? They're for you. That's key, for you, no matter who you are. They're for you. Whether you are in middle school or high school and you're trying to navigate the friendships and the cliques thing, 
Whether you're in college or just out of college and trying to find your niche in life, whether you are a parent of toddlers or teenagers trying to make right decisions and lead them to make right decisions, whether you're an empty nester kind of floating around, confused, maybe looking for your next challenge, or whether you are retired, finding yourself busier than you ever thought possible, or even if your eyes are growing weak and your strength is failing, these promises are for you. And again, there, there are two promises that we're going to look at today from Matthew chapter 28, Jesus' words. And, and inside the middle of those promises is a command. Okay, so there's a promise, a command, and a promise. Kind of like an Oreo cookie, all right? Promise, command, promise. And, and here's the first promise that we have from Jesus today. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has all authority. Okay, if you're filling along and you want to, following along, you want to fill in the blank, place the word all there. Jesus has all authority. So what does that look like? What's that mean? We're going to look at a a number of different areas so that that we can see this authority of God. The first is Jesus has authority over all creation. In the book of John, it's in the New Testament, John's a friend of Jesus, and at the direction of the Holy Spirit, this is what he writes about Jesus. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made, okay? Over all creation, everything that's there, Jesus has made it. He is over it, is his, under his authority, visible and invisible, all right? In the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, the book that means beginnings, it says it this way, and God said, and it was so, right? God said, let there be light, And there was like, that's authority. God said, and it was so. Imagine if you had that kind of authority, right? You get home from worship today, you walk into your house, and it's a little unkempt, right? Maybe there's some dishes out on the sink, toys are on the living room floor, you got papers here and and papers there, the bed's not made, and you say, let the house be clean, and it was so. That'd be cool, right? And it was so. Maybe you got a a project to do at work, and you go in tomorrow, and you go, let the project be done. And it was so, and it was better than any other project ever, right? Or or maybe you have debt, and, and you say, you know, let the debt be gone, and the bank account be full. And it was so. Right? That's cool. Or how about this when you're driving along the highway and there's this guy cutting in and out, weaving in and out in front of everybody, and you go, let that jerk get a speeding ticket. And it was so, yeah. Jesus has authority overall, over creation. Another aspect of his authority is Jesus has authority over the natural world. In the book of the Bible, in the New Testament, Mark chapter 4, it says of Jesus, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Okay? 
Just said, quiet, be still, right? And understand that the context here where Jesus is at, he is not at Poseidon's rage at Mount Olympus in the Wisconsin Dells, all right? He is on the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee has like 19.9 billion gallons of water, right? The disciples are freaking out. Their boat is being tossed back and forth, side to side, almost flipping over. And Jesus says to these 19.9 billion gallons of water, be quiet, be still. And it was so, okay? It, It didn't take minutes. It didn't take a half minute. It was done in a heartbeat. Jesus has authority. Jesus has authority over human affairs, okay? And so what that means is every government out there, Jesus put it there. Romans 13 verse 1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. That goes for our government. Go all the way back to President Washington, God put him there. President Lincoln, God put him there. President Obama, President Trump, God put him there. Not only our country, but all the countries of the world, including like North Korea and and Syria and Iran and Iraq, where Christians are being persecuted. No, I don't understand how that works. You know, I, I don't, Get it. But instead of being frustrated and confused over what I don't get, maybe you feel that way sometimes too. How about thanking God that He's got it, that He's in control, that He has authority over everything? Jesus has authority over Satan. Sometimes we go through life and we're kind of get, we get nervous, we get scared, and we think that, that Satan can do whatever he wants to do, because that's what Satan wants us to believe, that he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. That he's just prowling around like a roaring lion, like on Lion King, and he can just do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. But he's actually on a leash. Okay, He is very vicious. Don't make a mistake. He is very vicious, but he is on a leash, and the other end of that leash is God. Okay? In the book of Job, if, if you turned into your Bibles right into the middle, you would find the book of Psalms, and the, and the book right before Psalms is Job. Right? And Satan goes to God and Job and, and says to God, I, you know, I want to destroy Job. God says, you can go this far, but no farther. Jesus has authority over Satan. We see that in the New Testament as well. It says in Mark chapter 1, the people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this, a new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to the impure spirits and they obey him. Jesus has authority over sin. And go back in history, and that includes the Jewish people who are calling out on that day we call Good Friday, crucify him, crucify him. Jesus has authority over sin, including Pilate, the Roman governor at that exact same time, who knew that Jesus was absolutely innocent. 
innocent and yet sent him away to be crucified. See, Jesus has authority over this because what's going on is he is actually working out the plan of salvation so that you and I might have the forgiveness of sin, so that you and I might have Christ living in us, so that you and I might live with him forever. Jesus has authority over all sin. Acts 4 says, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. See, this, this is actually key. You see, nothing happens outside of the glorious control of God. That should give you and me great confidence. Nothing happens outside of the glorious control of God. Do I understand? How come some things have happened to you? No. Can can I explain some of those things? No. But you know what? I'm glad when things are over my head, they're still under Jesus' feet. Jesus has authority over all sin. Check out Psalm 103. It says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Jesus has authority. It's in your life. Jesus has authority over diseases. In Luke chapter 17, there, there are guys with leprosy. There's 10 of them. Leprosy, it's, it's terminal in this day, and they want to be healed. Here's the account. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus has authority over disease. You see, that's why when we get prayer requests and someone's sick or or someone's going to, to have surgery, that's why we ask God. We ask God to be merciful and to lay his hand of healing and blessing on our loved one. You see, there's a a couple of ways that God heals people today. One is through the medical profession, the amazing doctors and nurses, amazing medical technology, the medicines, and, and all those things. But it's true that there are any number of us here, any number of us online who've had one of those amazing, gifted, super special medical doctors come to us and say, we can't do anymore. But our loved one, is still with us. For some of us, our our loved one is sitting right next to us. Because you see, Jesus has all authority. Jesus has authority over death. In fact, that's really kind of the, the context of his promises here. It was just a couple of weeks earlier, several weeks earlier, that Jesus had been crucified, died, and was buried. And three days later, he came out of the grave alive. 
See, death doesn't get the last word. I know that, that here this morning, that any number of us are struggling in grief. I want you to know, death doesn't get the last word. Acts 10.39 says of Jesus, they killed him by hanging him on the cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. And one of those passages that we often use in our, our worship at Easter time, a passage that's fundamental to our church's name, it says this in 1 Corinthians 15. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death doesn't get the last word. Death is not authoritative. Jesus is. Death is not a locked, impenetrable door. Because of Jesus, death is an open door that simply ushers us into the next part of eternity. Death doesn't have the last word. Jesus does. See, friends, Jesus has all authority. And Jesus' authority then gives us confidence and humility. So if you're following along with your notes, you can fill in confidence and humility. And it is that authority that Jesus has that's the context of him giving us this command that's sandwiched in between those two promises. The command is this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. See, in this command, there's great comfort because God is authoritative. He has authority over the conversion process. God has authority over the mission of his church. He cannot and he will not fail. And so when we go out and we share the good news with others and when we're trying to, to lead others to a, to a deeper faith, we can go out in hope. We can share in joy, even when it appears, even when maybe it appears that our friend or our loved one is far, far away of God. We can have this hope and joy and confidence because nothing is too hard for God. And all things are under his authority. And while we go out with that authoritative command, Jesus has that other promise for us. In verse 20, he says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is at work in us and through us. And as, as he sends us out, we don't go alone. If he sends us out with a, another person, that the two of us don't go out alone. There's always an and one, like we talked about in the Facebook video this week. God is always with us. There's always that and one of God's presence. And I want you to know that as you go and you share the love of Jesus with others, recognize that God rarely, rarely, works outside 
of relationship. D.L. Moody said of a, a hundred people, one will read the Bible, 99, the other 99 will read the Christians. Friends, what does your news story look like that people are reading? What does your social news feed look like that people are following? God most often works inside of relationships. So I just want to give you you three quick tips as, as you go to fill that command that's sandwiched in between those two promises. The first one is develop friendships. Develop friendships. You see, again, you, you may think that you're living in the home that you're living in uh, because it's got the, the open concept or, or something like that. Or, or maybe you're living in your home and, and you really don't like your home right now. But I just want you to know, you're not living there by accident. You're living there on purpose by God to develop the friendships with the people around you. Second thing is discover their stories, okay? Discover their stories. Be a true friend. Be intimate with them. Discover their stories, what makes them tick, their dreams, their hopes, their fears, their worries. And then discern next steps. What's the best thing for me to do with this person that I dearly love, this person that I've come to know? What's the next step? Brady Shearer was asked by one of his friends, why are you a Christian? And, and Brady said this, and see if you can, you can use this. He says, well, I believe that I was placed on earth to make a difference. And I believe the best way to make a difference is through love. And I believe the greatest example of love is Jesus Christ and how he laid down his life for everyone. Brady Sherr goes on to say, you know what? It's really a remarkable story. Will you follow him with me? See, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're facing, no matter who you're facing, the God of present in your life always, authority is with you. I wonder, will you and I live with that present authority and have God's presence and authority be over all areas of our life, from finances to family faith, and everything else. I want you to know it will make a difference, a huge difference, in your life and in the lives of others for time and for all eternity. Let's pray. Lord God, it's clear you have all authority. Lord God, it's clear you're loving, you're gracious, you're compassionate. You know all things, and you're present with us every step of the way. 
Lord God, Holy Spirit, lead us to live our lives on your present authority. In the powerful and saving name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.